So, when did counseling stop being about problem solving? Well, not anymore. Introducing solution-focused counseling with the unlicensed counselor. And now, here's your host, Steve Moak. We made it to another episode. Episode two, the unlicensed counselor. Hi, my name is Steve Moak. So, so grateful to be here today. I'm excited about what we're going to be talking about Beautiful day in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona, bringing it to you live from the sixth floor of Dave Pratt Studios. Thank you so much to everybody involved here for helping make me look as good as humanly possible. Uh, let's pay a couple bills, get a couple advertisers, a quick thanks out there. First off, ShareTech, one of the most accurate, unique drug and alcohol screening tests available on the market. Go to betterdrugtest.com. If you're listening to this podcast, you might be impacted by drug and alcohol addiction. I can't recommend ShareTech enough. Go to betterdrugtest.com. And another little company based here in Scottsdale, Arizona called Easy Sheets. Easy Sheets, we professionally clean and press and ship sheets right to your front door. Great for those short-term rental hosts that are out there in this busy springtime in Scottsdale, Arizona. One other thing, this is a, this is a, a like. I want to start to put an ad out there for Stitch Fix. Okay, this podcast is also done in video as well, too. I need some new clothes, so I'm just going to go ahead and start plugging them, and hopefully maybe one day somebody will listen to this, and they'll go, wow, maybe let's send that guy a box of clothes or something like that. So anyways, enough of paying the bills. So grateful to be here. Uh, Really an interesting response to kind of the very first podcast episode, which was really introducing myself. Who am I? Why do you want to listen to me? I had some great feedback from some people who were really interested in the topic and kind of what I hope is a unique perspective, not just on counseling, but behavioral health, mental health, drug and alcohol addiction. And my goal is as I continue to record these episodes is to start really answering questions that are coming in from folks out in the world. You know, I think the format that I'm really shooting for is to kind of come in, prepare with a topic uh, like we're going to discuss today and then really open it up to questions. Now, I know we're not taking live calls or anything like that right now, but what I'd really like to be able to do is send me a message, you know, go to us, add us at uh, Twitter at the Uncounselor on Instagram. It's the Unlicensed Counselor. Follow us. Obviously, we want you to subscribe and review the show. Share it with a friend. Tell a friend. It costs you nothing, and it helps you know a lowly podcaster like myself kind of get this thing off the ground if you like what you hear, right? Like to think we have a unique perspective and can hopefully do some good out there in the world. But today, what's the topic that we want to sit down and talk about? Well, the podcast is called The Unlicensed Counselor, and you know why I am an unlicensed counselor. I just wasn't able to uh, complete the practicum of my uh, multi-year counseling career. But today I want to talk about the state of counseling. I'm not sure if everyone knows even kind of what counseling is, the the titles that are associated with counseling. And then I want to pull back the curtain a little bit on some of the things that I've seen being in the behavioral health world, being in graduate school, some of the people that I've seen become counselors and what oftentimes they themselves will be bringing into the room as your counselor as well too. These are all things that I don't think the average person really kind of thinks about or ponders before they walk into it. Counseling is, I am in a crisis, I am in a situation, I'm about to get divorced, my son has a drug or alcohol problem, my wife is cheating on me, I've lost my job, I'm depressed, I'm da-da-da-da-da. So you go in And I don't think there's a lot of screening or kind of consideration done into 
who is this person that could give me life-altering advice? What are their qualifications? What is their perspective? What are they bringing into the room as I sit down and dump really vulnerable information about myself? And I want to make sure that I understand exactly what that person is going to give you, giving back to me. What's their perspective? And, and I think so much time, so many times, people sit down, they find a, a counselor through insurance, right? You know, ah, who covers this? I, I, don't, I don't want to spend too much. I, I go to my insurance and it's like, oh, these people are booked. And okay, I'm just going to take this one. And you sit down and you just start going. Or you look for counselors that are out there, licensed marriage and family or substance abuse or general. And you kind of land at somebody and you just go all in with that person when maybe, just maybe, you should take a little bit more time and almost interview that person as your potential counselor as well, too. And I know easier said than done when times are tough and crises may be happening in that moment in time. But today, I just want to go backwards a little bit and say, okay, let, let's, let me set the table for kind of what counseling is for the most part today. So the first thing is, is kind of the levels of counselors. We've got a lot of letters after names in this field, you know, as with many fields, but does everybody even know exactly what, let's start with an LAC, a licensed associate counselor. So a licensed associate counselor is what I was going to become in my counseling career. It is the first step in becoming a counselor. You have to go to school, you have to pass the test, then you have to get supervised hours. And while you're being supervised, you can be a counselor. And that is called an LAC, a licensed associate counselor. Once you get enough of those hours kind of underneath your belt, so to speak, you can then become an LPC, a licensed professional counselor. Right now, this is obviously a more seasoned person, and that is kind of the top of the counseling food chain before you start to get into the PhDs and things like that. But I don't even know if a lot of people understand when they sit down exactly what it is. And within the LAC and LPC communities, you have your licensed marriage and family therapist counselors. You have your licensed substance abuse counselors and they have their associate and the professional ones. So there's all these little subsets. So I think what I'm trying to convey is take a peek, right? Just make sure you know who you're sitting down with across from. Make sure you have a little understanding of kind of where they came from. And also a lot of times their bios will tell you their approach to their counseling as well too. And maybe look into that approach and see if it's something that is going to help you or connect with you or maybe that you're familiar with because their approaches vary from counselor to counselor. And this can be a big, a big deal breaker. This is where I've kind of stepped in from the counseling perspective and said, I'm, I'm sick of all of these approaches, not that CBT and DBT, there's value in all of these things, but I want to get back to a solution focused approach to counseling. But before I start talking about my approach, let me also make sure I set the stage for psychologists. These are PhD level people. They've gone to school for longer. These are really, I would think, kind of the top of the line, quote unquote, for counselors. Psychologists, there are some brilliant individuals uh, out there across the country. But I would, again, don't hesitate to interview folks as you're out there talking to them. These are 
critical, critical people in your life that you are going to be hanging on to their words and making significant life decisions. So just do a little due diligence other than who you landed to because your insurance said this one's 75 bucks and not 150 bucks, right? Because the input that you're getting from them, it's, it's, it's going to make a lot of life decisions. Now we have psychiatrists. I don't mean to be so rudimentary in describing this, but I just don't know if everybody takes the time and, and, and fully understands kind of the different tiers and who these people are. A psychiatrist is someone that can prescribe you medication, right? So if you go in with a condition that then becomes diagnosed, they can then prescribe you medicine. A psychologist cannot prescribe you medicine. So these are just the levels of folks that are out there in the counseling world. The last one that I'll add to this, you know, oversimplified, and yes, I know it's oversimplified, but I'm doing a podcast and I want to just lay some of the groundwork. It's called the unlicensed counselor. So I want to get into the counseling basics a little bit is a social worker. Um, Social workers have a great use out in the world. Uh, Counseling is certainly a, a skill that they possess. But I do see a lot of social workers kind of being billed as counselors, and I'm not saying that they can't. And ultimately what comes down to in the counselor is kind of the rapport. Do you trust that person? Are they giving you sound advice? But a social worker also wears a lot of different hats. You may want to think about uh, or at least explore the difference between a social worker and a counselor. A social worker can provide you and connect you to resources in the community. Uh, and different things like that. They're not just counseling, whereas an LAC or LPC is just going to do one thing, and that's going to sit there and talk to you about what is going on in your life. So a couple other points on the counseling, and this is where I'll start to share some of my experience going to graduate school and seeing the types of folks that turn into counselors. I've seen these people from day one when they walked in, and I'm not bashing anybody in my counseling cohort. If you hear this, this isn't targeted directly at you. I've seen a lot of other folks as well, but counselors can often be broken people, myself included, right? I'm not not throwing any stones that I wouldn't throw right back at me. We get into this, what is often called the helping profession, because we've been through stuff, right? You know, again, I'm a, a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. That is why I got into counseling is to really go out and assist and help others who have been in that similar place because I felt like I can share some of my strength, hope, experience in order to help others get better faster. Now, a lot of variety of reasons that individuals can get into counseling, and I have heard and seen them all. I would hope that the counselor that you're going with is probably also going to counseling as well, too. Uh, just because we are counselors doesn't mean we have all of our stuff figured out. And I will, again, I will be the first to say that. And I continue to go to counseling and find extreme value in that. We have blind spots in and of ourselves. And if we aren't taking care of ourselves, how in the heck am I going to be effective to you? If my brain's over here, if my head's not listening intently to kind of what you're sharing, because you could be making major life decisions. So really... Just keep in mind, I'm sharing a lot of this as just stuff to keep in mind. And then there's counselors that they graduate, and you know what they're called? Counselors. Uh, and they're, they're people, and this, is, this exists in every profession, so don't, you know, I don't mean to be bagging, but 
Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it many times, and I'm going, holy hell, that person now gets to walk out the door, and somebody's going to sit down with them for a major, major event in their life, and they are going to receive counseling from them. And I'm going, this makes me nervous. This makes me nervous. This makes me nervous. Maybe they can grow into it. Maybe they can't. But not all counselors are created equal, right? And, and that's why I see people that just lock in on a counselor and just get going. Don't be afraid to interview them. If it's not a fit, don't be afraid to leave. You're allowed to fire your counselor. You can move on and go to somewhere else. If you are not getting better, if you don't feel that the advice, suggestions, approach, style is meshing with you or that you can't be completely open and honest with that person, something's not a match, right? Something's not a match. So take your butt and go find somewhere else and start over. Now, let me say on the other side, well, Steve, are you going to talk out of both sides of your mouth? Yeah, deal with it. What I'm saying is it's also not good to just hop, 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 hop. I've seen so many people, it's like, ah, I didn't like this one. They did, I, I didn't like this advice. They said this, and I don't agree with that. And if you're continually finding all of the flaws in that person, in the counselor, and if you're finding everything that they're terrible at, okay, Something's going on with you, right? I mean, obviously, we know something's already going on. You're seeking counseling. Not a bad thing, but let's be cognizant of, okay, what biases are you walking into that room with? And if you find yourself on the rotating carousel of counselors, let's take a breath. Let's reassess. Let's think about what you're really trying to get out of this. And now let's maybe spend a little bit more time with the next counselor and tell them this. You need to be honest with your counselor. You can't be manipulative. You can, but you're not going to get better and you're going to be stuck sitting there facing the same dang problems as you walked in the door with. So just information, 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 right? Know who your counselor is. Don't be afraid to fire your counselor. Don't get on the rotating carousel of counselors, but just make sure that that person has rapport. I, I have sat in those rooms. I have had counselors that I have significantly connected with. Sometimes maybe it takes a couple sessions. And then I had a counselor recently uh, on when I was going through a divorce that my wife and I, my ex-wife, were sitting in front of, and I'm going, I'm trying not to shrink the shrink here, right? But I'm going, this is, this is terrible advice. Am I a little biased? Yeah. Yeah, I'm aware of the, some of the biases I bring into the room here, but I'm going, rehashing every single problem that has been in our marriage helps no one. We're, we are very acutely aware of the challenges that have been going on. Where is the moving forward part of this counseling? And that's really not that specific instance, but why I wanted to take this different approach to counseling because I'm so sick of not talking about solutions to the problems and trying to move you along a path a little bit quicker than what your traditional counseling has been doing. And look, if your traditional counselor is great and you've worked with them for years and years and years and that makes you feel better, cool. I, I, more power to you. Like, I'm not trying to tell you to walk away. But I know so many people that have been like, oh, I've been going to my counselor for nine months. You know, we're still working through some stuff. And I'm going, working through, like, you told me a year ago about this issue, and I haven't seen any tangible process, mood change, anything in kind of what's going on in your day-to-day -day life. Like, what is going on in these sessions? Do you just like talking, right? Do you just, do you just want to hang out with this person? 
more power to you, but what the unlicensed counselor in this podcast, what we want to do is start talking to people. I want to start hearing some of the challenges that you're going through, and I want to start helping in a much faster method. It's very straightforward. So that's what I'm about. I wanted to just make sure I kind of set the ground for my perspective on counseling, what I'm seeing out there in the world. And let me say this too. You are allowed to disagree with your counselor. What they say is not gospel. You can push back and say, I don't agree with that. Explain that to me more. I'm confused. I don't understand what you're saying. You can request clarification. People go in and they get information back from their counselor after they've you know, shared and poured their heart out to this person. And, and maybe, it's, maybe it's not great, right? There are counselors who out there that do share some information that I would think is not ideal. You know what else counselors do? They bring some of their own bias into this, whether that's personal, religious, their previous trauma, they're going through a divorce. It's, it's endless what they can bring into that room. And you are allowed to question what is going on and what that person is saying. So as we get into the flow of what the heck the Unlicensed Counselor podcast is, I really felt that it was important so that you can hear my views and I can share some information on what the lay of the land looks like for counseling as it exists in the world. Are there tremendous counselors, psychologists, licensed marriage and family therapists, and substance abuse counselors? Absolutely, absolutely. But I can say this, I also worked in a treatment center and I had many different counselors that were there and I was like, boy, I, I sure hope this person gets that counselor, right? Or not that counselor. Um, that just exists in the world. So. Just keep all this in mind as you're starting into your counseling journey. Final point on this, and then I want to get into some questions because we actually did have a few folks submit kind of privately some questions that I want to get in here and start talking about. Um, oh, shoot. I lost my train of thought there for a second, but that's okay. We'll come back to that point in a second. Let's dive right into some questions. I actually got some questions. If you follow me on social media, you're going to see that I want, I want you to write in. You don't have to tweet it publicly. You don't have to Instagram it publicly. Send me a direct message. Say, Steve, I'd love for you to talk about this. Here's what I'm going through. I'd love to get some advice, suggestions, your input. You kind of think about things a little bit differently. Oftentimes, my approach is much more direct. So let's get into the first. Da -da -da -da, drum roll, please. Unfortunately, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, divorce. Uh, I was recently divorced. Uh, my ex-wife lives here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I had two stepkids um, that she brought into our marriage, and we have one child together. Uh, so it's been a, a really challenging time for myself. Uh, you know, I'm a, a father of a three-year-old girl, and, and co-parenting and what divorce looks like kind of coming through that, it was gut-wrenching. It was gut-wrenching. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into kind of why we split and I'll probably start to talk about that a little bit, but one of the first questions that I thought was appropriate, cause I, I like to talk about things that I feel like I'm passionate about, that I have a position about right here and now. And obviously this is something that is still fresh on my mind and I'm still healing from these things is how can I move forward after my divorce? How can I move forward after my divorce? 
that's a big that's a big question. And I'm going to share some of my personal experience on how exactly to move forward. Time, number one, time. Uh, I needed to take time and just let myself understand, process, accept all of these feelings of anger and just, did I say anger? And anger and anger, because I had a lot of anger coming out of this, not all directed at her, but at myself. I had resentments that were unresolved and and I was never going to get them resolved. I needed to accept the fact that I'm divorced. And by the way, I filed in my situation, I filed for divorce, right? So this is me being angry at the act that I took and kind of the confusion and the mind bending and twisting that goes along with it. But how can I move forward after divorce? Time, healthy behaviors, not running into the next relationship immediately, not being like just a monkey that swings from vine to vine and branch to branch and landing onto that next person. And trust me, I wanted to do that. That the the not having to deal, cope, and feel because I'm in the arms of someone else was something that was so attractive to me. Right? Can I just get a girlfriend and it'll help me kind of move through this? What was really hard was being intentionally single, right? And and giving myself that time. And, And by the way, I would have been garbage to anybody as a boyfriend, anyways. I mean, just the processing, the time, the the just getting through these feelings that continued to come up and they would come in waves, it would hit you from an appetite, from a sleep perspective. What is my future like? Will I always be single? Thoughts are flooding and rushing and rushing into your mind and your head is swimming. Does that sound like somebody who should be in a relationship? To me, I would say no. And I've made the decision to be intentionally single for a significant period of time to make sure that I am healing from this. So how did I move forward? Healthy, healthy lifestyle choices. Diet. Let's work on the diet. Let's be intentional about what we're going to eat. Exercise. Let's be dedicated to some type of exercise, whether that's hiking, whether that's playing basketball, whether that's powerlifting, whether whatever it is, getting yourself moving and active so that your brain is not solely sitting around focused on all of the negative, hard, challenging things that are going on in your life. I will say for me, one of the things I found that I wish I would have found this decades ago in my life is yoga. I'm not some woo-woo yoga guy, but oh my goodness, I went in for the physical benefits to stretch and core and things like that. And I came out of this thing going, I feel centered. My mind feels a little less busy. I feel grounded. And even if it only bought me an hour of sanity for that day, I am blown away by all of the things I never expected yoga to be as a centering tool and as a tool that has helped me process this with our life. Now, going forward with children and co-parenting, there is a lot more that we will cover on a lot of variety of topics, but going slow, take your time, be intentional. It's okay to be sitting in some of these feelings. It's not okay to stay stuck. Do what you need to do. Do it slowly, be intentional, move forward. Try and find healthy things to do. Go to counseling. Be involved in your church or religious group or whatever it is. Pick up a new hobby. 
Take action to move your life forward. Let me say this as well, too. It will just suck. And there are days, there are times where you will just have to get through it. And there's nothing I can do. There's nothing your counselor can do. There's nothing a pill that you can do or a drink that can cure. Some days will just suck. And you know what? You'll go to sleep that night and you'll wake up and tomorrow will be a new day, right? And then you can just take a small step forward to try and and make it a better day. And when you put enough of those days together, things will get better. It may take a while. I'm not through it. I'm not through it. But I'm sitting here telling you that I do know it will get better if you take action. Staying stuck will get you nowhere. So that was kind of the first exploration into user you know, content submitted to us uh, of solution-focused counseling. Hopefully that helped a little bit. Hopefully that moved it a little bit forward. We're going to continue to tackle all kinds of interesting topics. I want to get more and more feedback on this. It can be anxiety, depression, drug and alcohol abuse, divorce, you name it. We want to cover a whole variety of topics here on the Unlicensed Counselor, and we want it to be impactful. And my goal, cut through the BS. Let's cut through the BS. Let's get to your problem. Let's try and give tangible solutions to what's going on. If you like what you hear and you want to book some more time with me, go to theunlicensedcounselor.com. You can find a way to book time with me so that we can dig into this a little bit deeper. Again, this isn't just a sales pitch, but I really am passionate about helping people. And if you like what you hear, take some time and do it. As we wind down this podcast today, please subscribe, share, like, review. All of these things are important. This is really just a small business, but I'd really like to take this onto a bigger scale. I'd like to be able to get my message out to more people so that hopefully we can do some good. And I really want the audience that's hearing this to come along in this journey. Please, please come along with me. I want to hear from you. I want this to be collaborative. And I want to do something a little bit different that hasn't been done on the podcasting side of the world. My name is Steve Moke. I am the Unlicensed Counselor. Till next time, thank you so much.